Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 98 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. Joining me today is Shashank Kishore. He is a cricket writer and desk editor with over a decade's experience in the digital media space. He prides himself in telling human interest stories and delving into the mind of players and coaches. Without further ado, let's hop on to understand more about his journey. Hello Shashank, welcome to Never on the Backfoot podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you and really looking forward to this discussion. Uh thank you so much Neha for having me on. Uh I've heard a few of your earlier episodes and some uh, really experienced uh, cricket journalists have been on this, so I'm uh, happy to, you know, join the long list of cricket people that uh, you've got on the show. Yes so so just to kick start the discussion uh, what got you first you know interested in the game you can talk about yourself as a cricket fan and also some of your early memories of the sport my early memories of um, you know watching cricket uh, is uh, i mean the first memories is the 1996 world cup that was held in the subcontinent uh, i was about 7 years old and i was in class 2 so uh, that's when i really got interested in the game uh, we used to discuss even back then uh, with my classmates as to uh, what's happening around the world cup who did well um, and back then it was just the india games that i used to follow with a lot of interest and it gave me a huge thrill to see sachin uh, tendulkar scoring the kind of runs that he did mm-hmm. uh, so yeah my uh, fanaticism for cricket actually started with my love for sachin and uh, i'm sure that kind of resonates with most of the kids from the 90s so that's how it started and then you know uh, the real interest kicked on once sachin became captain and it was it was a huge thing and and uh, yeah from there on i used to uh, follow cricket like mad and uh, yeah so that's my initiation into uh, you know watching cricket how was it like you know playing cricket in your school or you know gully cricket and what are some of your fondest memories of the same uh playing cricket in school was uh, actually a very cool thing to do uh, it got you noticed and as kids that's the kind of attention that we all love uh although my school was um, not really a cricket centric school in the sense if you were good at basketball if you if you were good at badminton if you were good at um, some of these other sports athletics for example then you know they really went out of their way to promote the sport and you know send you to different tournaments and stuff cricket was unfortunately one of those sports where uh, we just had two tournaments in the year and if we didn't do well there that was the end of it so so in terms of playing cricket as a for the school that was it but if you did play the game uh, it was an easy way to get noticed and we all loved that kind of attention so uh, in that sense it was a good, it, it, it was a lot of fun and gully cricket of course i mean um, we all grew up playing on the streets and uh, having those typical gully cricket rules of uh, one pitch one hand is out and uh-huh. if someone hits it full toss into the house it's out or if someone uh, you know hits it into the gutter then there are no runs so all kinds of fancy rules uh, and it was a lot of fun and uh, uh, sadly you know in bangalore uh, Uh, we we don't experience that anymore these days because mm. uh, you know roads have completely been taken over and it's really hard to see anyone playing cricket on the streets really so so yeah i guess ours was the kind of last generation that really 
actually played street cricket exactly and uh, even you know growing up who were some of your uh, favorite cricketing idols this can be male or female and why uh, i i told you sachin was a massive influence um purely because sachin was such a huge brand and everything that he did those days or does even now gets the attention so hmm. sachin was obviously a massive influence so watching him bat was a huge thrill i was a massive fan of mark war as well he was very stylish and just the way he used to play those drives and more uh, importantly take those slip catches was really really awesome uh, i was a huge fan of saurav ganguly um mm-hmm. right from the time he made his debut and um uh, with that 100 at lords so um yeah these three were my favorite batsmen i would imagine um growing up and uh, yeah so they've all been a massive part of my childhood i've uh, bunked school to watch them play i have bunked uh, affect uh, fever to get home early from school so i've done all kinds of things mm-hmm. to watch cricket watch india play watch these guys in action so yeah these three i would imagine were my real um, early uh, kind of heroes in cricket right and uh, considering you know you've been watching cricket since uh, the 90s what are some of your favorite matches and a sub question to the same would be like what are some of your fondest memories of even you know having gone to a stadium to watch some of the matches and how was that experience like a lot of favorite matches from the 90s uh, i loved the uh, 1998 india australia series that began mm-hmm. in chennai with shane won getting tendulkar for a duck in the first innings and then him bouncing back to smash him all over the stands mm. and made a 155 in uh, chennai that was a terrific memory to have uh, can't forget his uh, heartbreaking 137 against pakistan in the test match that uh, india very very narrowly lost i remember you know crying my eyes out that evening after india lost the game and oh. uh, so that was a real crusher uh, uh, for me but it was another memorable match the anil kumble 10 wickets the following week was equally memorable in the sense we never experienced something like that for many 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 years and then here uh, kumble comes along and uh, you know takes those 10 wickets hmm. so that was a massive memory the uh, australia versus south africa world cup semi final the same year was another uh, huge memory so there are plenty of uh, great uh, fond memories of uh, watching cricket in the 90s uh in terms of my first experience at a cricket ground um this was in the year 2001 i was 12 years old mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, australia india series the test match the series the one that everyone says the greatest test series ever yeah uh, that had just finished and then australia were to play five one days in india mm-hmm. and the first one day was in bangalore so i still remember the day it was march 25th 2001 and uh, i remember uh, obviously bangalore was a day night game and about uh, 10 o'clock or so uh, venki mysore who's currently the ceo of kolkata night riders care, huh? uh, called my dad uh, so he they were they, their friends so so he called him and uh, asked him you know i've got two tickets for the game uh, do you want to take your son along wow. so uh, and my dad immediately asked me uh, if i want to go i said absolutely why not and uh, yeah so So my mum and I went for the match. Uh, I remember the game. India made three hundred and fifteen. Virender Sehwag made uh, half century. I think it was his third or fourth ODI for India. Mm-hmm. Vijay Dahiya made a half century, and uh, India won the game. Matthew Hayden was out for ninety nine. I think Sehwag got an LBW. 
Australia were absolutely cruising along and then suddenly they collapsed and India ended up, ended up winning the match. So that's my memory, first memory of, you know, watching a match uh, from the stadium. It was everything that I expected it to be. Uh, watching players wave back to you from the stands was a massive thrill. Um, Tendulkar made a lot of runs, including, um, you know, hooking Glenn McGrath for a six. So um, I have lots of vivid memories of the match. I can even picture that in my mind as I speak. So, so that was my first uh, experience of watching cricket at the ground. Wow. And uh, I mean, as you talk, even I can, you know, picture that. But uh, from, your, from the discussion so far, I understand that you're a very big uh, cricket fan as well. But how did you, you know, come to choose the profession of journalism? Like, how did all of that happen? You have a degree in engineering. So uh, how did the transition to journalism happen? And what were some of the challenges, uh, you know, you did encounter? Uh, firstly, I was never proud of my engineering um, history at all because uh, that's something that I would have never been good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I don't know what I would have done if not for cricket. So uh, cricket journalism just happened um, by pure accident, I would imagine. Uh, I used to uh, read a lot, a lot of cricket magazines, a lot of cricket books. Uh, so I used to uh, have a flair for writing as well. And because I used to read quite a bit, um, you know, I also had that language uh, grasp of the language pretty well. So I used to write decently, I would imagine. And uh, I used to write blogs for um, uh, the IIT Bombay's uh, sports publication, which was run by one of their alumni. Mm -hmm. And that got me noticed. Uh, And he had a small uh, company uh, that used to run mobile web services early on this was uh, before 4g came into existence uh, so i used to you know do some work for them um, short cricket content crisp cricket content in 200 words that kind of mobile writing oh. and uh, he saw the potential there and and then he knew the uh, ceo of crickbus.com back then hmm. so he set up a meeting with him and uh, so i just went uh, and met him. Uh, his name is Pankaj uh, Chaparwal. He still runs Crick Buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pankaj asked me, um, what form of cricket do you like? Why do you want to do this? Um, who are your favorite cricketers? Uh, this is the nature of the job. Are you going to be keen? Um, essentially, it was not really an interview. It was just a general chat or a conversation. Um, I answered them. And the next day, he rang me up with an offer letter saying that I'm happy to have you on board. Wow. Let me know date that you'd like to join and, you know, just come in from that day. So that's how I got into cricket. Uh, at that point in time, I hadn't finished college. So I used to uh, juggle between uh, classes and cricket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in my final year. So, and final year engineering, you had to go to college only twice a week because uh, the rest of the day was supposedly for your project work, mm-hmm. which obviously all of us did on, uh, you know, in the last month of submissions. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I used to uh, go to Crick Buzz thrice a week, uh, college twice a week, and that's how I used to manage. And then after college uh, finished, I joined them full time. I was there for about um, seven months yeah. until 2000, end of 2010. So that's how I started off with uh, cricket. It was absolutely by accident mm-hmm. and not by design. I never planned, I didn't even know what uh, cricket journalism is back then. Of course, I used to read a lot of newspaper, a lot of books, a lot of writers, but I didn't know how you got into the profession. So um, that was my um, 
small steps into the into the field right and uh, you did talk about how you have worked with crick buzz and uh, your resume also boasts of you know having worked with companies like wisdom india espn and now you're a full time senior sub editor with espn crick info so how would you rate you know sports journalism as a career option for uh, for all aspiring uh, sports journalists or anyone who wants to uh, enter the field i think you need to be very clear about what you want out of your career uh, especially when you enter the media industry uh and what is the kind of work that you want to do um if it is going with a trend and doing a lot of seo centric stories stories that get a lot of eyeballs and are not necessarily top quality but will get good clicks then that's a different cup of tea altogether if you want to do hardcore cricket journalism at a very good newspaper or a website that's a different uh, cup of tea altogether so you need to be very clear about what aspect you want to go into and uh, traditional mediums you need to also make peace with the fact that you may not be compensated financially um as well as you may be otherwise outside mm-hmm. the outside the, the the cricket sphere and uh, into the uh, some of the other professions like like say a management trainee or a it engineer or whatever so so your your steps your increments your growth everything is uh incremental uh mm-hmm. it's not going to be a huge windfall so you have to be prepared for that for the first four or five years uh i certainly went through that over the first four or five years and everyone has to be aware of it i mean you're not going to get rich overnight you have to work for it so that's that's one thing that you have to be very uh clear about secondly there are so many avenues today because of the evolution of web there are so many um websites so many multi sports platforms so many mobile apps so many fantasy cricket platforms so so everyone's in need of content mm-hmm. uh so if you are good uh, there is definitely uh, opportunities for you to be noticed and opportunities for you uh, that you can take so in that sense there are opportunities so it's just um, you know uh, about drawing a balance between doing good work versus the financial reward i mean financial reward will come but you cannot expect it almost immediately there is no instant gratification here so i'm sure that could be the case in a lot of professions more so in um, you know journalism right and uh, how would you rate you know your work life with espn cricket for so far and uh, how would you describe a typical day at work and a follow up question would be what is the best thing about your job uh the best thing about my job is the opportunity to ideate an opportunity to just hang around with people who are more intelligent than me and people who love cricket as much as me mm-hmm. uh and the opportunity to talk about the game um with them non stop i think that's one of the best things uh yes we haven't had too many opportunities to do that in person over the last couple of years because of covid hmm. but um, you know when in full flow the uh, espn cricket info office is a very very vibrant place you'll find people coming in uh, in beach shorts you'll find them coming in uh, batik shirts you'll find them coming in into the office with flip flops for work absolutely no one has an issue it's a very relaxed vibe very relaxed environment mm-hmm. or you can order rounds of coffee and chai you can play indoor office cricket 
so it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, so that's the best part of um, you know working here. Uh, it's a great team and it's a it's it's a very very enjoyable uh, environment mostly. So that's that's a good side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a typical day is at Crickinfo. Uh, it depends on uh, different what you are lined up to do. If you are say um, on ball by ball commentary for a particular match, then probably you start work. Uh, one hour prior to the match, you mm-hmm. just build up to the match. So you give the readers a little bit of insight into the match that's coming up, a little bit about the rivalry. Then and then once the toss happens, you know it kicks on with what's happening with the levens, what's the pitch like, and all those things. And it's on autopilot till the end of the day. So mm-hmm. that's about ball by ball comment. If you are on the desk, then you can expect reports. Um, or uh, columns or post-match pieces that one of our correspondents may be filing. So it's your job to edit those pieces and, you know, give it a nice catchy headline and a summary and, you know, put it up. Uh, there are plenty of videos that will be coming in right now. Say the IPL is on. We've got a number of experts. So um, mm. their thoughts, their inputs on every game comes in. So it's your job to, you know, look at them completely. Again, give it a good title and, and stuff. If you're on match coverage, if I'm on, on an IPL match duty, I'm either writing the live report, which is, a, you know, a live blog of sorts that that's meant to give the readers a little bit of color, a little bit of stats, mm-hmm. a little bit of tactics and everything else on a particular match. If I'm on the match report, it's a very simple, traditional 600, 700 word uh, encapsulation of what's happened, what was the turning point. And then, of course, there is a post-match piece. So you 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 let the game finish. You soak in what happened, and then you you pick out a narrative or an angle on which you want to write, and that forms your post-match piece. Mm-hmm. So if you're on IPL match coverage, this is what generally happens. So it's a whole lot of things. Um, being at Kickinfo makes you a true all-rounder in the sense you do everything. You you learn to edit stories. You learn to uh, write stories. Uh, you learn to do ball by ball commentary, which is a massive part of our readership. Mm. Um, and also, um, you also get to go out and cover matches. Um, and I've been fortunate to do a few tours. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, that's those are the incentives and those are the uh, the fun things to do at work. Yes, that really does sound uh, exciting. But uh, you also extensively, you know, cover men's domestic tournaments, the Under-19 World Cup and like, you know, international fixtures in general and the Ranji Trophy. And you've been doing this since 2016. So how has that experience been like? How do you, you know, keep up with all of these tournaments? Sometimes they're happening simultaneously. So how do you dabble with so many things uh, on the plate? Uh, I've been covering Ranji Trophy since 2011, 12. Uh, okay. And it's been more than 10 years now. Uh, it's good. It's great fun. I mean, Ranji Trophy, I feel, is the place where you can actually get a lot of human interest stories. And I, I really like telling a good story. Hmm. There is more to cricket than just, you know, this guy scored these many runs, these this guy scored these many boundaries and sixes. This is what he did on the field. It's about what are the sacrifices that he's done to get to where he is. It's about the coaching that he's undergone or the lack of coaching that he's had hmm. along the way. Those are kind of things that I believe forms the crux of a good story. So Ranji Trophy is a breeding ground for such wonderful storytelling. And I've been fortunate to meet so many cricketers who've been very, very generous with their time after the end of a day's play to, you know, have a chat uh, either via the phone or meeting in person. So uh, Ranji Trophy uh, has been very, very um, 
uh, very exciting for me personally. You you asked me to pick between a Ranji Trophy covering a Ranji game and covering an IPL game. Mm-hmm. I will pick a Ranji game hands down because it's so much wow. fun. Okay. Uh, so Ranji Trophy is is, is you know uh, real good fun. Um, what I think is everyone these days uh, is only focused on international cricket. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. focused on the Kohlis and the Dhonis and Rohit Sharmas or, you know, the David Warners of the world. Um, I found increasingly that uh, the layer below the international level was not really um, as popular or was not really covered as well as one could cover it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking about 2012, 2013 onwards. Um, and I, I thought that, you know, everyone's focused on the big names. Mm-hmm. Surely that the layer beneath is, you know, a very, very uh, good uh, place to be in. It's a goldmine of stories. It's a goldmine of opportunities. And I thought that, you know, doing that is actually one way of gaining a little bit of edge in terms of what you bring to the table, mm-hmm. uh, gaining a little bit of a professional edge. So uh, my interest grew purely from the standpoint of being able to gain an edge from being able to you know develop a niche for myself in this domain Hmm. and uh, yeah I think I've done well for myself so far and uh, it's been pretty good Uh, I've loved covering under 19 cricket following the journeys of players every batch of under 19 throws up a lot of interesting names and a lot of names who also fall by the wayside Hmm. Uh, India a Ranji trophy these are all uh, aspects that I just love because the scope of reporting, the scope of storytelling, the scope of writing is a lot more than you would probably do in an IPL. Mm-hmm. Like say an IPL game is going on right now, uh, four hours or five hours later or the next morning, the world moves on. Everyone's moved on from the game so quickly. It's mm-hmm. amazing how quickly people move on from an IPL game and you may not even remember what happened last night. But uh, I don't find that personally happening, at least in my case with Ranji and uh, under 19s and other things so mm-hmm. so that's how my love for reporting on these tournaments comes from absolutely so and even you know with uh, the cricket monthly right they also report some very good uh, stories that's not necessarily always very cricket centric and this is a brilliant part of espn now uh, cricket for and we have, we have we've been fortunate enough to read uh, most of your pieces so how does the ideation process for that start the execution the background work and how does it all uh, pan out if you could just give us a timeline for the same uh so um what happens is uh, the TCM is managed by uh, a separate team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often, uh, if you have an idea that you feel you can work on, you just pitch it to the editors there. And if they like the idea, they will, of course, give you a go ahead. Uh, if they if they feel that the idea can be tweaked, then they just let you know what you can do to enhance the story or what is the angle that you could look at. Mm-hmm. And once you've arrived at a... At a, at a common ground as to this is the premise, then you go about working on the story. So that's, that, that's the general process. It's not a very complex process. It's a very, very simple two-way communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how it should be. So I just uh, reach the editor um, uh, and uh, tell him this is my idea. And he looks at it. If he likes it, yes, he gives me a go-ahead. If he says that there is something that's missing, then he lets me know what's missing. And then we go about working together on it. So that's the ideation bit. Mm-hmm. Execution bit, we are given a time frame. So it depends on if it's a if it's a tournament or time specific event, then you've got to be a little 
quick on your feet if it's a timeless piece then you can afford to take a little bit of time mm. so it depends on that so in 2016 i remember the first story that i wrote for tcm was a a profile story of mithali raj so it needed me to travel to hyderabad to meet mithali and her family mm. uh, so i i think i i went over um, in the first week of may i spent a couple of days there mm. so one evening of interviews with mithali and her family about two or three hours at their residence uh the next day i caught up with her friends and uh, coaches and the people around the hyderabad circle uh and i was back home the third day and um, i spoke to a few of her teammates over the phone so essentially i had about 8 or 9 hours of recordings with me for the entire interview Whoa. and then it took me two or three edits to kind of get through the piece i think it was about 3000 or 3500 word story mm-hmm. uh encapsulating her journey in cricket i think which is already about uh, 20 years in at that point in time or 19 years in so so um, yeah so basically writing that story was like putting together uh, the uh, screenplay or a you know a script of a movie you know mm-hmm. piecing it together and uh, by the end of it i was very very tired and i was very very happy because the end product when you actually you know score through your uh, recordings and put it together and change stuff here and there and then rejig stuff here and there the, the entire process of doing all that and finishing a story gives me a lot of thrill so at the end of it i was really really happy uh, the way it turned out Mm-hmm. uh so yeah that's how it goes uh in terms of contributing for the the cricket monthly not every piece should be 3500 words these days the focus is also towards content that is consumed quickly mm-hmm. because the uh, attention span of people isn't as long as it used to be so we're looking at short content content that um, can be consumed over a mobile phone but yes tcm is also a place where you have the opportunity to write long form articles right and uh, considering you know your career has spanned uh, so long uh, you do come across as a very experienced person as well so what are some of the things you know you wish you'd known before starting your career and uh, how do you think how do you think uh, things have changed since you first started working in the industry uh, i haven't really felt that knowing this would have made me any different or not knowing this would have made me any different i've ne- ne- i haven't really thought about it that way i've just soaked in whatever i've you know been able to learn along the way mm. uh although the one advice that i would genuinely give um young uh, students or anyone for that matter is never be overawed uh in a field when you are out to cover a game or when you are just you know, generally starting out don't be overawed and don't feel very shy be open be um, you know be outgoing you know communicate whether it's with your peers whether it's with your colleagues um, whether it's with the seniors in the industry whoever it is um, you know don't feel shy if there mm-hmm. is something that you want to ask do ask if there is something that you if you have an opinion about the game like everyone else has by all means um, you know say it out there's no harm in that um i was a little overawed and i was starstruck by a lot of senior writers and journalists around me when i started off hmm. um early on so uh, my advice to uh, younger journalists would be don't be starstruck they are also nice people some people will reciprocate warmly some people may not reciprocate warmly hmm. 
but that's the part of your learning uh, and people who you know return that warmth they will always be worth your time right and uh, again considering you know you've watched cricket from the 90s how would you rate you know the growth of uh, the indian cricket team so far have you seen like drastic changes and you know new heroes emerging how have you soaked all of that in it's been phenomenal i mean uh cricket's no longer uh, you know just restricted to the traditional big cities mm. you have people coming from different uh, nooks and corners of the country uh, which you never imagined could have happened probably even in early 2000s or maybe late 90s um so so that's been amazing now you've got big academies in the smallest of towns you've mm. got ipl scouts who travel to small towns to pick talent uh you've got um, you know huge academies coming up sponsored by ipl teams in different parts of the country uh so so in terms of talent i think we're never short of talent and and i think india's got one of the best under 19 and a programs that they structured or devised under rahul dravid which now uh, vvs lakshman is looking to strengthen on so i think indian cricket is in wonderful hands on the field i don't think we really have um dearth of talent at all i mean if you see south africa and then a lot of them leave and go to play cricket in england uh you see a lot of people go to new zealand and looking at other avenues um you see people in west indies going to play t20 leagues around the world which drains the national team of talent but um i don't see that happening in india and that's because indian cricketers are uh, you know there is a lot of um you know value attached to the um, uh a structure and the under 19s and the the pathways here mm. what i would like to see though is better compensation for our domestic cricketers what uh, for our women cricketers mm. i think um you know for a country as big as india and for the country uh whose board is one of the richest and has the kind of financial muscle exactly not even all the other boards combined may have I think they have to do well and they have to do much much better than what they are in terms of making it financially viable for a lot of domestic cricketers because we also have to remember that not all domestic cricketers are part of the IPL there are so many who as we speak are currently playing in the Bangladesh uh, uh one day tournament the local Dhaka Premier League yes and good quality cricketers you know someone like a manoj tiwari for example or hanuma bihari too hmm hanuma bihari all these guys have been going over for a quite a number of years if they don't get picked in the ipl to go and play cricket over there hmm so 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 not every domestic cricketer has the ipl riches to bank on so we need to look after the those kind of players as well so while the ipl gives you the glamour and the money hmm it's also a question of uh, you know the indian board being able to spend that money better and compensate women cricketers and domestic cricketers a lot better so i'd like to see that improve but as a structure i think we are doing pretty well and hopefully the same structure will also be implemented in the women's arena that's something that's been mm. neglected for a while now uh, like say the women's um, structure does not have a days tournament so uh, it's yeah. important to bring days tournament into the women's format uh, you need to have a better 
system of bringing in the age group tournaments the under 16s and the under 19 tournaments for example because mm. there is an under 19 world cup coming up so a lot of um, developmental work needs to be done uh, in the women's arena and for that you need a separate women's wing or you need a women's cricket officer who's actually made in charge who actually given the responsibilities and the freedom to do it so while the structures and systems are in place for the men's arena the women's arena can also you know learn from that and hopefully they will implement that so it's a mix of the good and the bad there are a lot of great things to admire about there are a lot of not so great things that uh, everybody knows about as well so as long as the balance is drawn i think indian cricket will always be in good hands fair enough and uh, do you also think you know that your ipl or franchise based cricket leagues have changed the sport or you know ruined the sport and in the years to come do you think india will still be finding international cricketers you know for the setup through your grassroots levels like the a team or the under 19s or your domestic level or do you think they're going to find more players from your ipl academies and then become international through t20 cricket first the pathway might change a bit do you think yeah it could change i mean um, who who would have thought that uh, 20 years back uh, somebody from uh, you know a, a league tournament could get into the indian team purely without even doing anything in state cricket mm. i mean uh, varun chakravarty for example yeah uh, purely rose through the uh, uh, ranks to play for india through the uh, ipl and the tnpl uh, route he's not played traditional cricket for tamil nadu to come in the hard way uh venkatesh ayer i mean he's been playing domestic cricket for 5 5 6 years but he's really been noticed in the ipl had a fantastic year last year and then you know went into the indian team so you seeing a lot of players coming through the indian team through the ipl which probably may have not uh, you may have not imagined many many years ago so mm. you never know it could happen but having said that i think uh india will still continue to you know uh produce good test match teams and all format players the um, argument is that you know you need to win uh, world cups and you need to win uh, tournaments to also um show the fruits of your success hmm. uh, i hope that will come along the way but um, yeah you never know i mean you could find players making it through the ipl and going on to have stellar careers and the other way around as well by somebody you know grinds it out for years and years in domestic cricket finally gets his reward and does well equally like a pujara for example hmm. no ipl contract uh, for a, much of the last few years he did start off in the ipl but he's never been an ipl regular but every year you know he's churned out big runs uh, of course i'm i'm not counting the current dip in form but he's largely been you know going out to the uk to play and score runs every year hmm. uh, keep himself ready match ready match fit someone like a fast fuzzle has done that he hasn't played in the ipl since i think 2012 or 2013 but every summer he's been to the uk or the ireland to to uh, play cricket mm-hmm. and to keep himself in shape so there are lots of cricketers who try different things and so yeah i mean i i think both will happen uh, at some stage um, you won't really be surprised to see that right and uh, what are your thoughts on test cricket is this one of your favorite formats and considering you know the growing impact of t20 cricket and how uh, the spectators are more you know leaning towards that uh, do you think a uh, test cricket will last the test of time and uh, according to you uh, you know has bilateral cricket also lost its relevance 
I remember in school, in high school, there was an essay competition where, uh, you know, one of the topics was, uh, will test cricket die in the next 20 years? And <laughs> okay. I'm, talking about, uh, I'm talking about the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are 20 years or more later, you know, still talking about it. So the very fact that it still exists and it's doing rather well mm-hmm. is probably an indication that test cricket is here to stay. I hope, I believe. And um, yeah, I just hope that it continues to flourish. And as a spectator, I think uh, there is no um, no thrill as watching a good hard session of Test cricket, whether it's a exciting session where plenty of wickets falls or plenty of runs are scored, or if it's a um, a session where two batsmen just grind it out on a tough pitch. Mm. So um, you know, it gives you the entire gamut of emotions. Mm. So I would still love to watch a good hard session of Test cricket. Having said that, I don't hate T20 cricket. I love T20 as much. Hmm. Uh, One-day cricket is something that they could genuinely look at because these days, personally, as a, as a fan, I find it really, really hard to watch one-day cricket. Those middle overs are just uh, snooze uh, fests for, uh, the best of time, at the best of times. Hmm. So it's really hard to you know gain a, any level of attachment with one-day cricket. But I hope that uh, test cricket will continue to flourish and uh, T20s are here to stay, of course. They should do something about the one-day game. Absolutely. And on the same line of thought, do you think that the women's game also deserves uh, more tests? And you did talk about some of the major reforms that uh, can be brought in from the BCCI and the ICC as well. But anything else at the top of your head that you would like to see implemented in the near future? I think you've heard this from so many people earlier and I'm sure everyone continues to talk about this daily. I think women's cricket in India is ready for uh, a T20 league of their own. Yeah, uh, We should move on from, uh, you know, this exhibition tournament called the T20 Challenge. Um, you saw, you know, some terrific action at the uh, the Women's World Cup that just finished. Yes, So many close games, so many exciting players uh, playing a fresh brand of cricket. Uh, yes, India did not get the desired results, but that's where a tournament like the Women's uh, IPL will change things around it is give these players the confidence of playing in front of big crowds it will give them the confidence of you know uh plotting and planning executing plans against some of the best players in the world mm. picking the brains of a lot of good players and overall i think it will just raise the profile of the women's game in the country so uh a women's ipl will do a world of good to the current lot of players and also the next generation of players suddenly a 13 or a 14 year old girl who is planning to probably pursue education and not sports because she's in high school and want to hang on for two or three more years and give cricket a go and maybe she'll make it. So hmm. that's the kind of influence that uh, a robust uh, women's tournament like the IPL can potentially bring. So I think the time is right. Uh, I know there are a lot of voices talking about it. Uh, hopefully it's not too far away. That's true. And uh, I know we've spoken a lot about cricket, but besides cricket, what are some of the other things you are passionate about? Uh, besides cricket, um, I love, uh, I try to travel as often as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at least see one new place or one new country every year. Uh, that's something that I've done since 2012. So that's uh, except for because the COVID year in 2020 and 2021. Hmm. So I hope to resume that this year once again. So I like to travel and see new places. 
uh, I have uh, recently, I, I am a young father now, so I love spending time with my daughter who's one year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, babysitting her is a whole lot of challenge and a whole lot of fun. So it's taught me so many things in so many different ways. The foremost being uh, patience. Um, so, so yeah, life has completely changed lately in that sense. Mm-hmm. But it's a very enjoyable phase as well. So when I'm not actually watching cricket, I also like to play a lot of cricket. Although uh, I'm still in the process of restarting that now. We have a, a bunch of motley crew of players who um, from the colony and from the apartment complexes mm-hmm. pursuing different professions who get together on weekends and play tournaments and matches. So uh, that's something that I love doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, if not watching cricket, I'm playing cricket. If not that, I'm probably traveling. Otherwise, I'm just one of those guys who you find at home, lazing around, you know. So so yeah, mm-hmm. not a very fancy mm-hmm. uh, lifestyle, or so to say. Uh, just love the simple jobs. Right. And uh, on the professional front too, do you have something exciting coming up? Any projects? Are you planning to pen a book anytime soon? I definitely love to write a book. Uh, That's something that I've been talking about. I've initiated conversations with a few close people. um, And I dearly love to do something around the Ranji Trophy and purely having been able to have uh, covered the game now for a while. uh, That's something that I'm really passionate about. So hopefully I will love to do something on those lines uh, in the near future. So that's something that I'm really excited about. And um, yeah, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. Okay. And uh, you also are very active on uh, social media, particularly Twitter. And you also, you know, tweet such insightful stuff. So how do you think social media has played a crucial role in your life? And how do you just keep up with all the trends and everything that's happening around? Okay. Thank you for saying it's insightful because sometimes (laughs) I genuinely feel uh, it's just an outlet of emotions. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I was a very uh, raw and un polished uh, person or so to say 10 years ago uh, I like to believe I'm a lot more refined and I'm a lot more uh, mature about things now Mm -hmm. Uh, I think social media it all depends on the way you use it um, and also depends on what you want out of it I purely use it mostly for cricket and for you know to promote my work and to pass on observations about cricket or something that I've seen one or two quirks about different things that I may do uh, that's mainly it. Um, I try to stay away from religion. I try to stay away from politics mm. um, because that's not something that I want to really be discussing in a open forum with thousands of other people. I may probably do it in a, you know, a closed room or when I'm sitting with a bunch of friends and talking about different things. Mm. So I'd like to reserve those uh, for private uh, conversations. So I kind of stay away from those things in public domain. But I'd love to stay. I, I just love to stick to cricket and, you know, my work and um, whatever else. You know, I see a good piece that somebody has written hmm. and I've read it. Um, I don't shy away from telling that person it was a wonderful piece. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I read a lot. Twitter gives me that uh, place to uh, catch up on a lot of uh, links that I would otherwise miss out. Hmm. So it helps me catch up on my reading as well. And also just generally being in the cricket business, uh, information kind of spreads faster on Twitter than otherwise these days. So sometimes a, a cricket board puts out their squad on Twitter and 
you may have missed their press release or missed thousand other emails so mm. it's easier to spot that way so yeah kind of maintain a, a little bit of uh, uh, time on twitter so when i'm off work i try to limit my twitter to one hour a day if not more mm. i have not always been successful but i'm it's that's still work in progress right and uh, that does conclude our uh, segment that focused uh, on you know, the hardcore questions and now we have the rapid fire round so are you ready absolutely bring it on okay so which is your favorite cricket book of all time uh two books that i've really enjoyed uh, reading uh, one is uh, pandits from pakistan by rahul bhattacharya and uh, the other one is the unquiet ones by osman samiuddin these are my two favorite uh, cricket books your favorite cricket authors or writers uh favorite cricket authors writers are a, a lot of them uh, i love reading sharda ugra i grew up reading her mm-hmm. uh, very very fortunate to have worked with her be colleagues with her somebody who i can uh, message at any time of the day or night now so i got to know her pretty well so i love reading her so yeah sharda ugra i i'll just pick one name here so yeah sharda is a very uh, good writer and i love reading her okay and uh, tell us something about yourself that we likely don't know something about myself that um, nobody knows i i'm i i'm a good table tennis player i'd like to believe i was very bad until 3 or 4 years ago but last 3 years especially in lockdown and otherwise i've uh, kind of really improved my game so i'm a, i'd like to believe uh, my game has gone up several notches so mm-hmm. quite a lot of cricket journalists especially uh, your previous guest uh, mr r kaushik who i used to lose to very very <laughs> often and very very badly mm-hmm. um this is a bit of a warning to him watch out sir and if you were not a journalist what would you be i have uh, no idea really i mean if not for a journalist maybe a corporate communications professional okay and yeah, I mean, yeah. wherever i could put my english to good use i would imagine because i was not a good engineer so i don't know mm-hmm. if my analytical skills would have gotten me anywhere So yeah, maybe a corporate communications professional. Fair enough. And uh, last but not the least, what's your advice for budding journalists and writers? Uh, for cricket journalists and cricket writers, keep the interest alive. Be very selective in switching off and switching off and switching on. There's so much cricket explosion these days that it can really, really burn you out very, very quickly. Yes. and it's happened to me it's happened to a lot of people that i know so it's important for you to know when to switch on and when to switch off so when you're switched off completely just enjoy time away from cricket away from work and when it's time to switch back on give it your 100% but learn to draw that balance because the amount of cricket that's been played it'll really really burn you out fast for example if i'm not at work which i'm not uh, as we speak I haven't watched a ball of the ongoing IPL match between uh, Kolkata Knight Riders and the Delhi Capitals. Oh. So I don't even know who's batting or who's doing what. I haven't checked Twitter. Hmm. I haven't checked anything. So I don't know what's happening on that front. So I try and maintain a balance when I'm not at work. Um I kind of try and keep it that way when I do other things. Uh and it seems to have helped. So yeah, just draw a balance between you know working on your work days and your non-work days and The rest of it will uh, take care of itself. I think the 
that is uh, great advice. And with that, we do conclude even the rapid fire segment of this episode. Uh, before we wrap up the episode, uh, do you have any uh, you know, parting thoughts for our listeners? And how do you like this whole uh, interview? I love the interview. I loved uh, the meticulous uh, questionnaires that you sent me, uh, the planning that went into it. Um, so thank you so much for that. Uh, I also like the process, your process of ideating and preparing questions for different guests and, you know, running a pet project like this uh, can take a lot of time, can take a lot of energy and efforts. And I, I completely, uh, you know, I'm uh, full of appreciation for you for having done that because you're also balancing it with your academics. So uh, very well done uh, on, on that and, you know, keep it going, may it long continue. <laughs> thank you so much and uh, with this we draw curtains on the episode uh, I'd really like to take this opportunity to thank you for taking time off your busy schedule and you know just coming and doing this interview uh, this was a great collaboration I hope to you know have you back on the podcast again sometime in the future pick your brains on the next big thing or any topic that's you know just happening in the world of cricket till then take care and bye my absolute pleasure thanks Neha thank you I'd like to thank you all for ardently supporting my blog and this podcast. It really gives me the strength and zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all. A heartfelt thank you. Do check out at the rate never on the back foot on Instagram and at the rate never on the back one on Twitter for the latest facts, trivia, quizzes, terminology and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Also, feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics. Do share this widely and your support is really appreciated. See you next time, listeners. Cheers, stay safe and take care. Bye for now.